Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as we continue on in the series we're doing called Staying Present in the Presence. And this series is uh, based on the Gospel of Luke, and it's really about uh, taking what we learned in our last series about getting connected to God as His disciples and developing disciples' hearts and then moving into our day-to-day lives and uh, hanging on to that connection and and, uh, developing that connection as we go. We're using the Gospel of Luke because uh, when Luke wrote this, he really sort of touched on Jesus' humanity. We know that Jesus is fully God and fully man, but um, Luke often points out the, the humanity of Jesus, and in his accounts, we see Jesus withdrawing by himself to pray and get connected, and then out of that connection, moving into the ministry that God has for him. And so we're looking at Jesus as our model uh, for life and ministry, and we're, um, we're looking through uh, these encounters that Jesus has with people and situations to learn what we can learn about staying present in the presence of God. And so we've, we've looked at a lot. Just the last couple of weeks, we talked about um, some encounters Jesus had in Luke 5, and we talked about the importance of knowing how much God cares about us, having an eternal focus instead of a temporary one. We'll touch on that again today. And that there's joy in the presence of God. Um, not fake and not pretend, not something you've got to whip up. Um, but but in, as a follower of Jesus, there should be a measure of joy in your life, even in the dif- most difficult of situations. And, um, and that was one of the things the Pharisees hated about the people that followed Jesus, was they were, having, they were enjoying life, and they didn't want people to do that. Um, last week we talked about the importance of Sabbath in Luke 6 and how important that was in staying present in the presence of God that you need to rest and recreate and remember how great God really is. Today we're going to continue on in Luke 6 and uh, from this part of Luke 6 we're actually going to begin a, a sort of sub-series of messages on the Beatitudes because that's what uh, Luke brings up and the Beatitudes are extremely important in staying present in the presence of God. And uh, in, in uh, preparing for the message today, I remembered something that I said a few years ago, and so I was searching through old blog posts because I blogged about it, um, and I, I came across one of my all-time favorite bad jokes, and I, I haven't said it since 2010, and, uh, and I thought, you know what, there's a bunch of new people since 2010, some of them haven't enjoyed this particular horrible joke, and some of you may have, and I apologize, but, but it's good, but... Uh, I I love this. It's so bad. I love it. So anyway, Um, and it's 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 different. See, because what it is was I got invited to this wedding, uh, and and it was really a a weird wedding because it it was actually two antennas that were getting married, and so as you can probably imagine, the wedding ceremony was really really weird, but the reception was amazing. I love it when somebody goes, wow. <laughs> the reception was amazing. Scripture reading is placed perfectly for that joke. Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. I'm reading out of the NIV. You can follow along whatever translation you have or in the notes or it should show up on the screens. Looking at his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. 
Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how the fathers, uh, their fathers treated the prophets. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So during our discussions over the next few weeks, we'll be talking about um, the importance of the Beatitudes. Luke uh, sort of gives us a brief synopsis. We're actually going to um, dig, dig into Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 to 12, because Matthew gives us a more descriptive account of the Beatitudes than Luke does, and I want to work through some of them with you. Because what happens is that um, in these Beatitudes, Jesus really defines for us the attitudes that we need to have to stay present in the presence of God. Uh, the Beatitudes, you know, Jesus was preaching and, uh, and the whole thing was called the Sermon on the Mount in the book of, in the book of Matthew, but we're going to take that one chunk known as the Beatitudes and we're going to spend some time digging into those things. These attitudes are so important because we have really been um, conditioned... Uh, by our culture to be more preoccupied with the temporal than the eternal. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. That our focus tends to be on the temporary, on, on the immediate, on things that are happening right now. But life is found when our, when our focus is on the kingdom of God and the eternal. And then, and then God breaks through and takes care of the immediate um, that we have to deal with. But um, we're consumed... In, in everything that hits us, uh, where we begin to believe that life is really all about having. It's about having stuff. It's about having right circumstances. And we're convinced that somehow that's where life is. That if we could just get the right circumstances, then everything would be okay. But the reality is that life is found in being in the presence of God. And that it really isn't that dependent and shouldn't be that dependent on circumstances to experience real life and that becomes part of the struggle that we look at and that's what the Beatitudes really helps with uh, is is sort of helping us to make the shift to understand um, what life looks like and what we need to be uh, in our attitude in order to experience real life because life isn't about right circumstances it's more about right attitudes and right attitudes are all about staying present in the presence of God and so in the Beatitudes we, we get this great picture that Jesus um, uh, presents to us about um, the right attitudes for life. He uses the words blessed or blessed, um, which actually means happy or fortunate or well off. And some of the verses, as we read them, seem a little counterintuitive um, because, uh, it, it, in effect, he's saying happier those who are poor in spirit or happier those who mourn. Um, and that doesn't seem to make sense, but we're going to talk about that and how those attitudes help us to find life by being present in the presence of God. So today I want to talk about Matthew 5.3. It's a very important beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that phrase, poor in spirit, is actually what we need to talk about to get started. Uh, And it means this, that to find real life, we're going to have to depend on God. Um, It's about realizing we don't have it all figured out. We are not perfect. We haven't arrived yet. Uh, In essence, it's about humility. And humility helps us in so many areas of life. And and it helps us in our relationship with God and in our relationship with others. And I want to talk about three important facets of humility today. 
as we discuss this first beatitude. And here's one that everybody uh, ought to appreciate right off the bat, is that humility reduces stress. Humility reduces stress. Um, Anybody here ever get stressed out over anything? I ask that from time to time. Make sure I'm on the right track. I know the answer, but it just gives me something to say. We all get stressed sometimes. Our focus gets on the temporary. The temporary is very stressful. It gets off the eternal where there's some peace and where there's some joy. And onto the temporary. And everything here uh, seems to just really compound our stress levels. And, and what humility does is it helps us to realize um, that I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to have everything figured out. I don't have to have a plan for everything, every moment of every day. The world can actually turn without me. I don't have to stay tuned into the cable news channels 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and listen to all the mess. Um, and actually, you, you might think, oh, of course, everybody knows that. That seems silly, but uh, it was back in 2008 when I actually st- flipped the switch and turned off the cable news, and life changed ever since. Because other than that, I, had to, I was always listening in, and I was getting so frustrated all the time with everything that was being said and all the people that were coming in and they were making things worse and making it bigger and bigger and I would and I just get drawn into it and at some point I just went okay that's enough I turned it off it's been great a four-year absence of cable news I honestly haven't watched cable news in four years I get all my news when I pop on the computer and I get the few headlines that are there and pretty much that's all I read is the headlines I don't want to know what's going on but I don't want to know everybody's take on it I don't want to know what's going on so I know how to pray and then I can let it go. And uh, there's something about uh, humility that helps us move in that direction. It's actually not up to me to solve all the problems in the world. Here's another great thing that humility does. Um, I don't have to have an opinion on everything. That's really freeing. It really is. Sometimes we think we need to have an opinion on everything. And some people actually do have opinions on everything. But I don't have to have one on everything. And some things I just decided I don't have an opinion on anymore. Whatever. And I don't even have to hear everybody else's opinion about stuff. Because it's, okay, everybody's, you know, everybody's there. But um, I don't have to pretend that I have it all together. That's very freeing, too. Because uh, I don't have it all together. So to pretend that I do is really stressful. And I don't. I, you know, I'm working on it. You hear, you hear me, quite honestly, talk about this stuff. I'm, I'm working on stuff, but... I don't have it all together. Uh, I don't have to play God and take on responsibility that isn't mine. That's very freeing. I'm not in control. God is. And he's way better at being in control than I am. I'm sure this happens to you, but I get stopped every now and again and people ask me questions because they they know who I am for whatever reason and they'll they'll see me somewhere. I got stopped in the Winn-Dixie the other day and someone was talking to me about God and they said, um, I think God's in a bad mood. And I said, God doesn't have bad moods. You're, fortunately, he's, he's, good, he's a good mood God. Oh, no, 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 he's got bad moods. So really, he, I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. <laughs> but then I let it go because I didn't need to defend that thought and let them go on about the bad moods. And I thought, well, that's really sad to, to sort of go through life thinking that, that your, your life depends on God's moods. Because that would be scary, wouldn't it? Have you ever wondered, you know, what it would be like if, because if, if you were God and you have moods, that wouldn't be good, would it? I mean, you could wake up frustrated with everybody, and if you were God, just go, <laughs> I, I'm not in control. He is. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord 
with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. We just trust in him. And that's way less stressful than trying to figure everything out. And it brings great relief into our lives. It's so freeing from all those things to be able to step back and go, Okay, God, it's about you. It's not about me. And I've got to let some of this stuff go. So that's the first point is it helps to reduce stress. Second thing that humility does is that it really helps to improve my relationships. My relationship with God, my relationship with everybody are all improved by humility. Um, It helps us to get along better with other people when we figure out that life doesn't have to be me, me, me. Life doesn't have to be what about me. Because sometimes that's how we process everything that happens. How does this affect me? That's our very first thought. How does this impact me? And life is more than that. And, And... there's, there's this, I'm going to give you this sentence, and if you don't hear anything else tonight or remember anything else, try and remember this. When you become interested in others, you become interesting to others. But if you're f- so focused on yourself, people just aren't interested, because that's how it comes off, and they just move away. So uh, it allows us to care about others. Humility really does. It allows us to really care about what people are going through and where they're at and what we can do. Um, it means um, that you don't have to be right all the time. That's pretty good too. In your relationships, you ever been in a relationship with someone that wants to be right all the time? It's, so, it's very difficult and especially if it's you. <laughs> um, humility allows you to say things like, I was wrong. It allows you to say things like, I am sorry. And it allows you to say them without the nifty little word that we've talked about over the years that we like to use with those two statements, which is the word, but. If you've been here before, you've heard me say this. If you say, I was wrong, but, or I am sorry, but, you are not thinking that you're wrong and you really aren't sorry. You're not. You're you're saying it, because you figure you better say it, but your anything that comes after but takes it away, the I'm sorry or the I was wrong. And that's something that we all have to look at all the time. And that's what I was looking for when I said, you remember I said I was searching for something a few years ago? Because um, I had taught on that, and I, I've taught on that very often, the, that whole concept, because I think it's really important. And my wife and I, we were in a discussion, Alice, and... Uh, we were, we were having coffee, it was early in the morning, and um, we were having a discussion, that's what we call it. And uh, in this particular discussion, um, Alice believed I was wrong about something, and I was hesitant to agree with her in her belief. And, and so we were discussing about this, this whole sort of whatever it was, and at some point, um, I finally decided that... Uh, that she was right, uh, I, was, I was wrong, and uh, I, I needed to deal with it. And, and so, you know, in talking it through, I don't, I don't like anybody else, I really don't care to be wrong, but she, she was right, and I was wrong. And yet I, I wasn't quite there yet, I was sort of working towards it, and I knew I couldn't say but, because I'd been preaching about it. So, so I actually said, I was wrong, and then I used this word, nonetheless... I couldn't remember the word I'd used, but I came. Nonetheless, and she just said, wait, 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 stop right there. That's really what she did. What'd you say? Nonetheless. She said, I'm getting up in front of church. I'm telling everybody. 
Because I, I tried to find a different word, and uh, there's not one. I was so busted, I was wrong. Uh, nonetheless, at least I didn't say but. Do you, do you see how we, we get into that spot? And um, you really have to look at it all the time in humility. Because we have a tendency to want to justify when we're wrong. Sometimes we do it because we feel, legitimately, we feel bad, and we, we're like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. But life can get busy sometimes. Sometimes we just miss it. Um, I, got, I got an email actually this morning. And I had been in a discussion with someone a couple months ago and there was something I was supposed to follow through on and I, I totally hadn't followed through. And initially I wanted to, it was in an email, I wanted to email back, yeah, you're, yeah, that was right, but you know, this is why I've been really busy and all these things have been going on and you know, blah, 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 and trying to defend it. And I'm like, and, and I, I've told you before, I don't answer emails quickly anymore. Um, uh, and and I, I waited and I, I finally wrote back, yeah, you're absolutely right, I'm sorry. And then, and then I said, here's what I'm going to do now to, to get busy. And that was it. I didn't, I didn't qualify it, didn't excuse it, didn't try and make it right. It was wrong. I was wrong. And there you go, another picture of the fact that I'm, I can be wrong sometimes. Sometimes I, did, I miss it. And it's, 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 it happens. So, uh, but it's ultimately, it's, it's not good to miss those things, but it's a reminder I think to me anyway, what matters and of staying on track. And I think God uses those things if we'll allow him to. If we'll stay humble, God will use those things to help us sort of, oops, you're getting, you know, either you're getting too busy or you're not, you're not thinking right or something. You need to get back on track a little bit. And so they're, they're, uh, they're good moments in life if we can admit it. But so is, is it, did anybody else ever struggle with saying you're wrong and not wanting to qualify it? Don't you almost always want to qualify your wrong behavior with there's why I was wrong, I was really hungry, we try that one sometimes. Or, oh, I was really tired. Or, oh, there's others that I think are funny, but I won't go there. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's another big one, too. What humility helps us to do, staying in that point, because it helps us to say I was wrong. It helps us to say I was sorry. Uh, it also helps us to say, I need help. That's huge. I watch so many people get themselves in so much trouble because they just won't stop and ask for help. Have you ever been in a project sometime where you just, you, you know you should stop and ask for help, but you want to muscle through it anyway and think you can just do it by yourself? And you really can't, and you should have just stopped and asked for help, and yet you didn't? And the outcomes sometimes are terrible. Have you ever seen those pictures in the email about, there's this email that goes around, if you haven't seen it, I'll have to dig it up. I've just thought of it, it's that, uh, it, and it's why men, um, why women live longer than men. And it has these guys doing things like stacking a ladder on top of another ladder to reach something. <laughs> and, and doing all these things where they really should have asked for help and they don't. And that's when things happen. Um, sometimes we just got to ask for help. And it's okay. Just ask for help sometimes. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Very important part of relationship with God and others is this idea of humility. Third, humility allows us to be graceful, full of grace. We talk about that here all the time as well. Grace and how desperately we need grace and how we need to be people that give grace to others because everybody needs it. Um, it Humility allows us to see our own constant need for the grace of God. And, and then when we're aware of it, it allows us to extend it to others. The moment we begin to think, 
um, that pride comes in and we begin to think we're further along than we really are. Um, we, we lose the concept of grace. We stop thinking that we need it in our own lives. And as we do, we quit applying it to other people. And we become legalistic and it's a big mess. And that's pride slipping in and getting in the way of what humility needs to keep working in us. James 4.6 says, but he gives us more grace. And that is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If nothing else I said makes any difference to you about importance of being humble, that one ought to. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, not being a person of humility sets you in opposition with God. And I don't think any of us want to be there, uh, at least you know on purpose. But we can get there if we're not careful. So this idea of being poor in spirit then means uh, to be humble and humility helps us to remember that life is found in being present in the presence of God. And so I would just encourage you to sort of embrace the opportunities that come your way to walk in humility because you'll find life there. I would encourage you once again because I think we all need the reminder of just realizing when you're wrong and admitting it without saying but. Don't excuse it. Don't try and make it better. Don't try and give a list of reasons why. Just say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And, and watch how hard it is to stop there. Because you'll want to say more. You almost it's, it's one of those things that just wants to pop out from... We're conditioned to, I'm sorry, but... Just say, I'm sorry. Let it go. It's okay. And it's, it's okay. Sometimes we're wrong. We're not perfect. We haven't arrived. That realization helps relieve stress, which is a wonderful thing because we don't have to be right all the time. We, we've got to be moving forward, but we're going to be wrong. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to miss it. We're going to get too busy. We're going to... And then we need to stop and pull back and go, oops, I don't want to be that person. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I need help. And all those things improve our relationship with God and with others. So we'll... Uh, We're going to end it up there. If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We know how valuable your time is, and we appreciate you giving us these these minutes uh, together. Um, And uh, tune in again soon and and check us out. We'd love to have you back. If you need anything, you can uh, go to our website and email us or call us, and we'll be happy to pray for you. But thank you for spending this time with us.